Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. I didn't come down to LSU for us to play in the Sugar Bowl. No disrespect to the Sugar Bowl, but we're here to win national championships. Good afternoon and welcome. Just one of the many (coughs) sound bites on uh, talking days in the SEC. (coughs) Excuse me. Head coach Brian Kelly is um, was first up. And at the Hall of Fame in Atlanta, Georgia, as SEC media days begin and have begun. Good afternoon and welcome. It's a Monday, July 18th, the year 2022. Hope you had a great weekend. Um, We will go live to uh, Atlanta at around 2.30 this afternoon. Matt Miguez of Miguez and Mesh will join us and then share his thoughts on what he has heard, what he has seen, what's the vibe, what's the feeling, and all that kind of stuff. <coughs> oh, boy, something went down the wrong throat. Anyway, you dialed this up. This is the Jordy Helper Show. We're so appreciative of you for that. Some things never change. Some things will never change, and that's the SEC network with the fake accent on Brian Kelly and the dancing moves, the TikTok dancing moves. They won't ever stop doing that, and Lane Kiffin won't ever get stopped being asked about Nick Saban. But anyway, my main man, James Mesh, back in the game studios, um, pushing the buttons and uh, spinning all the tunes, and that studio is located at Delta Media, which is – and we're on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles. Uh, we are um, streaming across the world and planets beyond, right? 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you happen to be in the Acadiana area, we're also simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. Well, Greg Sankey got things underway at the SEC uh, Media Days, the annual affair. And um, he pulled no punches, said the SEC is a super league. He was asked about who the better combination of teams moving to conferences is it Texas, Oklahoma, or is it UC USC, UCLA? He said, Texas, Oklahoma, better, closer, more proximity in the Southeast region. Doesn't mess with travel plans. He said, they feels no pressure to expand. Um, he's going to keep things as are right now and wait for the big 10 to make their next move. If they do, he said eight versus nine league games remains an open open topic and a balance between those trying for bowl eligibility and those vying for the college football playoff has to exist. And most importantly, NIL cannot continue like this. It's out of control. There has to be um, a cap. It's got to be like the NFL. It's got to be, 
a cap on it. Brian Kelly said it's been an interesting six or seven months since he arrived, and I think he won everybody over uh, by saying that the timing was right for me. The place was perfect. It was then taking on that great opportunity in front of me to be part of restoring championship quality football to LSU. And he said, you know what? Boy, the people in Louisiana, they love football. People in Louisiana, they love family. The people in Louisiana, they love food. The three F's, football, family, food. He said, that fits me to a T. Maybe I should have been coaching in the South all along. Well, he said all the right things. We'll delve into much, much more about uh, Brian Kelly and his day. And um, I'll share my thoughts on it here here shortly. Um, Boy, what a what a golf tournament that was at the uh, at the Open Championship at St Andrews. That was just uh, spectacular. And Cameron Smith uh, won in dramatic fashion with a flurry, a flurry of back nine birdies. You know what they say: drive for show, putt for dough. Well, Cam Smith putted for dough. Rory McIlroy had it. He could not make a putt when it counted. But, boy, he uh, Cam Smith did on golf's most famous hole. Standing behind the notorious road hole bunker, Cam Smith, leading McIlroy by a stroke at 19 under, settled in, putted one of the strangest and most crucial shots of his career. The ball rolled up. And around the bunker, giving him a short par putt that he drained for the most important up and down in his life. That meant McElroy needed a an eagle on number 18 just to send it to a playoff, and he couldn't do it. He missed birdie chances on 16 and 17. He missed an eagle chance at 18. And uh, Cameron Smith. Gets the win. And after the, after the match, Cam uh, was asked, if I can find it here, hold on. I've got all kinds of notes I'm working on. Um, oh, where is it? Oh, I'm so... He was asked about winning the um, Open Championship. Here's what he had to say. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I, I think to win an Open Championship in itself is probably going to be a golfer's highlight in their career. To do it around St Andrews, I think, is just unbelievable. This place is so cool. I love the golf course. I love the town. And, yeah, hopefully we can keep that, that trend going with every 50 years. That'd be nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, uh, he talked about the 17th hole and its difficulty, the awkwardness, uh, but it ended up being the hole that won him the championship. Yeah, I think you know, that's that second shot on 17, it's just really an awkward shot, especially where I was. I kind of had to draw a 9-iron in there, and I mean, you're only trying to get it to 40 or 50 feet anyway, and yeah, this didn't quite commit to, to the shape I wanted to hit and, and got it a little bit a little bit toey and, and turned over a touch more than I would have liked. And then uh, the part next to the green, I mean, I was just trying to get it, you know, inside 15 feet. The putter felt really good um, all day, and and I knew if I could get it somewhere in there that I'd be able to give it a a pretty good run and, yeah, manage to get away with a four there. Uh, That was uh, such a great, great tournament. It was so exciting, and you had the rest of the day to go do what you wanted to do, just in case you you thought you had a chance and and you thought, well, you know what, I can hang with, I can play in the NBA. Well, all you had to do was go witness uh, the other day at the um, 
the Drew League in Los Angeles on Saturday. <coughs> LeBron James uh, made a much-anticipated appearance, his first in 11 years. And uh, exactly as advertised, LeBron showed why he's an NBA player and all these other ones aren't. Um, dropped 42 points, 16 rebounds, and had four steals in a who-cares-about-it 104-102 win. So, um yeah, when when he needs to, LeBron can do just about anything he wants, plain and simple. Uh, Clayton Kershaw with uh, Major League Baseball on a break right now for the All-Star Game Home Run Derby um, will be today. The game, All-Star Game, will be tomorrow. The Dodgers' Clayton Kershaw will be starting um, uh, pitcher. Uh, his first All-Star Game um, will be a home game. Yeah, his first all-star game start will be a home game. He was named the starting pitcher for the National League. He'll face Tampa Bay Rays left-hander Shane McClanahan in the 92nd Midsummer Classic at Dodger Stadium on Tuesday night. Um, Kershaw said, yeah, of course it means a lot. It means a lot to my family. Hopefully. I don't screw it up too bad. Well, you're not going to screw it up too bad. You'll be at home and you got that slider working. Uh, you'll have to go up against AL manager Dusty Baker. And uh, the first batter that Kershaw will face will be Shohei Otani, the American League starter at DH. So there you go. Um, and he'll face people like, you know, face some really good players. Uh, that's... Uh, that's all there is to it. So Major League Baseball takes uh, takes center stage with the home run derby tonight and the all-star game tomorrow. Yes. All right. Um, coming up today, as I said, we'll have uh, Matt Miguez come up around 2.30. Blake Rafino from the Are You Serious podcast will join us around 3.30. Everybody else is there um, in, in Atlanta, and they're covering this thing, and they're listening to all the coaches. It's the start of the – it's the start of the kind of the kickoff to the season. Brian Kelly talked about he's been working on a – trying to correct a slice in his golf game. He says, I'm, I'm glad to be back doing my day job, la, 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 la. I'll share my thoughts on him. Uh, we may do something we've never done before, or very rarely do, and that's uh, maybe open up the phone lines. Um, 706-0111, 706-0111. If you want to call and get involved in the conversation, we'd love to hear from you. We're brought to you today by ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. There are 60 of them in southern and central Louisiana. Um, why? Because they want to be in your neighborhood. And their mission statement, ShopRite, is very simple. Um, serve the community. Right. And to have you, the customer, leave with a smile on your face because got, you got what you wanted. You got it at a great price and you're happy. So whether your needs are fresh food, fuel, top shelf wines or spirits or just a quick pit stop, ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets looks forward to serving you. They got spacious stores filled with Louisiana products, modern restrooms that are clean and comfortable and delicious food that's always fresh and always fast. And because ShopRite is always thinking of you, the customer, they've got awesome deals. If you're a Buku Rewards member, which costs you absolutely nothing to join you can go into any of their shops you can sign on up and you get discounts after discounts 
discounts after discounts. They've also also started, um, and it's been in effect for a while now. You got to take advantage of it. They're fuel rewards program where you can earn a significant fuel fill-up discount just through your store purchases and in addition their new gator gas program where you can earn additional cents off per gallon on every fuel purchase so you buy something in the store you save you buy something in the store you can save at the pump you buy something at the pump you're going to save at the pump again i mean it's just savings after savings after savings all right here we are, the Jordy Helper Show. We are on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We're your home for the LSU Tigers in southwest Louisiana. When we come back, I'll share my thoughts on my confidence level in one Brian Kelly. Stay with us. Jordy Holtenberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber. For the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. Just let your soul go. Just let it shine through. The hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, welcome back. This segment brought to you by Eon of Lafayette, the first robotic touchless laser device made specifically to take care of business at those areas where you just can't lose weight. They're going to permanently reduce fat, particularly in your abdominal area. Eon of Lafayette. Um, Greg Sankey came out and uh, the Southeastern Conference came out and said this about the name, image, and likeness. And, and it resonates and it's so true. A clear, enforceable standard is needed to support national competition and the continuing ability to conduct national championships, the college football playoff, the final four, the college world series, and every other national championship. So, so what they are coming out and saying is this has got to be treated like professional sports. There has got to be a salary cap. There has to be a limit. Okay. Your NIL deal can be, I don't care. I don't I have no idea. $50 million, 50 million. And you can get to 50 million, but you can't go beyond it. Now, some schools won't be able to get to that point, but at least there will be a limit. And that's what that's what the common goal. You hear it more and more and more throughout. There's got to be a salary cap uh, when it comes to name, image and likeness. Um, My thoughts on Brian Kelly. He looked dapper, had the purple tie on with the suit, looked terrific. I just have such an air of confidence about this. And I said it, he said it again um, about the people in Louisiana and the people who follow LSU football. They love football. They love family. They love food. I guess I should have been in the South all along. Boy, that resonates, doesn't it? It just resonates. (laughs) It it really does. Um, And he talked about, so many questions about, and I, I don't have the transcript in front of me, but it's so many things about, all right, who's the quarterback? What does a quarterback have to do? And he talked about, you know, they just put the offense. You hadn't been here long enough. You, you, you can't, 
you can't clutter kids so much. You can't. You just you got to go in small incremental steps. Now that will be amplified and sped up now that they're coming down to cases. Okay, they're coming down to cases. And so now things change a little bit. He did say a couple things. One, quarterback can't turn the ball over. Right? You got to protect the football. First and foremost. Number 2, he's got to get the ball to the playmakers. He he was I mean just gushing over Kayshawn Butte. Got to get him the ball. And number 3, there comes a point in time where you got to make plays. And that he talked about, you know, seeing what the defense is out in front of you. How do you move the mic? Um, how do you move the chains? Every, you, you may have to tuck it and run. You may have to do some things on your own. Improvise, whatever it may be. You're going to have to make plays. And so now they're going to start implementing things that, and that's what good coaches do. All right, what do you do best? All right, let me see if I can come up with something that brings out the best of you and the best of you and the best of you. And he said, nah, the cream will always rise to the top. Um, he was uh, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? He, he was happy with the way the offensive line has um, improved. He said, we brought in some key uh, portal guys for this. Um, we still have some work to do, but I like where we are. I like where we are. So that was, that was good. Um, so, I just, um, I just, I just like the guy. I just feel so comfortable and so confident that he's going to have the right to, oh, back to the offensive line. He said it was an easy decision to retain. And the only coach he retained from the previous staff, um, Brad Davis. And it was simple for a few reasons. One, um, from Baton Rouge and he played the position. Number two, he tutored under who Brian Kelly thinks is the best offensive line coach ever. And that's Sam Pittman, the head coach at Arkansas. And then he said he really had got to know Davis when he served as the interim coach and saw how he worked and saw what he did. He said that was a no brainer. So he's, he's happy about the offensive line. Brian Kelly doesn't feel like LSU is behind in the NIL. He said he was, he's very, very pleased. Um, they will wrap up their summer training today and tomorrow and that'll be it um and he says he's thrilled with their fitness numbers um he thinks his team is going to be in the best shape of their lives and there you go and again back to, I've, I've got a quote here back to um the quarterback situation you said you have to set the offensive structure to the skill set of the particular player and that's significant because the skill sets of the lsu quarterbacks are quite different so he's got a lot of work ahead of him without any question, without any doubt. Um, but he was good. He's just got that air of confidence about him. You know uh, that he has been there. He has done that. And I just feel really good about the state of the LSU football program. I've said it before. He's the closest thing that LSU has to Nick Saban since Nick Saban. Nobody else has even been close. Um, and I just have that feeling that 
when you look at Brian Kelly on the sideline, you're going to know that a team is, one, well-prepared, two, they are disciplined, and three, they're going to play hard. They're going to play hard. Um, I haven't always <clears throat> said that about previous regimes. Kids are going to play hard because they're proud and their goal is to get to the next level and to earn an income playing the game of football. Plus, they don't want to let themselves down. They don't want to let their family down. So they're going to always play hard. But how confident were you that other than the year 2019, that this team was going to play smart, they were going to be disciplined. And when you look at the other sideline, I'll take my coach over your coach. Yeah, it didn't happen all that much. Just didn't. And I'm not – look, they both, Miles and Ed, won national championships, and we're forever, ever thankful to them uh, for that. But I just have this, um, this good feeling in my gut about Brian Kelly. And, and he had to go in there and change the culture, not only from his team, but the perception of LSU to all those on the periphery. LSU's a giant, but they don't always, don't always play like a giant. They've got everything you need to win and to win on the highest of stages, but they don't always do. It's been too many here, up, 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 and then down, 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 and up, 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 and down, down, down. You want to maintain that consistency, up, 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 up. And LSU has all the resources possible for something like that. I just I just feel like Brian Kelly is, is the guy. I, I like it a lot. I like what he does. I like what he stands for. I like how he acts and how he represents himself. They love football. They love family. They love food. That quote will go forever and a day. He says, that's right in my wheelhouse. Maybe I should have been in the South all along. Um, it's pretty good. Pretty good. So uh, we'll have some, uh, we'll get some other updates here in just a minute from uh, Matt Meguez, who is in Atlanta uh, from Meguez and Mesh that will follow up our show as it does each and every day at four o'clock. We'll get his thoughts. What did some of the players have to say? Um, uh, being here wasn't privy to any of that. So we'll get his, uh, his opinions on that and anything else that goes on in the, it just means more conference. It just does. That brought to you by uh, Eon of Lafayette. Um, Tara LaPerry and her staff, they're so good. They're so good. Free consultation. You get to go and see what it's all about. A state-of-the-art robotic body contouring laser energy and cooling simultaneously for a comfortable patient experience resulting in permanent fat reduction. You get on a table, you feel this cool breeze, and it's just burning. It's just rubbing fat away. It's just getting it. You don't feel anything. It's very, very comfortable. They have financing available. It's very, very simple. Get it done now. Pay later. It's like takes you 30 seconds to fill out the application. Boom, nothing to it. It's not going to hurt your credit report at all. So give them a call at 337-278-7641. That's 278-7641. They're located at 2020 Rue Promenade Suite. 2020, how appropriate is that? Just remember, 2020, you got it. 
Eon of Lafayette, the premier touchless robotic laser contouring device that specializes in permanent fat reduction. And tell him you heard it here on the Jordy Helper Show. All right, we'll go live to the ATL when we return. The Jordy Helper Show on the game, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We're your home for the LSU Tigers. And for today and this week, we're the home of the SEC Media Days here in Southwest Louisiana. Time for us to head out to Atlanta for the event that just means more. SEC, SEC, SEC. Here is the game's SEC Media Days report presented by Bordelon Furniture. All right, welcome back. Uh, we are thrilled to be joined by uh, Matt Miguez, who is looking dapper uh, in the ETL. You got dressed up for SEC Media Days. Uh, you having fun so far, big guy? It is a whirlwind, Jordy. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that. Um, you know, 37 different radio tables set up, trying to balance, you know, <laughs> coaches and players, trying to go to everybody it is, right. is a little uh, – is a little hectic, but it's been a lot of fun so far. Yeah, people think it's easy, but uh, you got a lot of ground to cover, a lot of things to do, and a lot of uh, ideas to sort out through. So um, we heard uh, Brian Kelly, first coach up. Um, I, I'm in love. I, I think the guy's going to be terrific. I just the, the air of confidence that he presents brings confidence from me. How did you think he handled himself today? You know, he's, he certainly made it sound that way, right? Uh, he, he knew exactly what to say, when to say it. Uh, you know, the, the one thing that I took away is that he feels confident in this team that from, from a national perspective has a lot of question marks, mm-hmm. you know, a, a young unproven offensive line. They're still one. They're still not a hundred percent sure what they're going to do at the quarterback position. You bring in a lot of transfers in the defense. So, so there's a lot of questions to be answered, but if you ask Brian Kelly, he, he seems to have all the answers. And, and then the other thing, Jordy, is the amount of trust that he has, not only in his players, but in his coaches, mm-hmm. on his staff. Trust was a big thing that he touched on today, talking about how, you know, if you don't have trust, you can't have a relationship. Right. And relationships are everything in, in the sport of football. I, so, yeah. That was, that was big from him. I like the fact somebody asked him about trust, and he said, well, you know, the players have to earn my trust too, you know. It's just right. it's a two-way street, so we've got to work together. And I thought the greatest line ever was they love football, they love family, they <laughs> love food. I, I, maybe I should have been in the South all along. Yeah, he, he, that, uh, that one definitely got a laugh out of the crowd. And then when he, when he first started talking about fit – he talked about how he'd spent the last couple of weeks working on his golf slice. Right. And he discovered that he needed to stick to his day job. That's right. That's right. Everybody, so that talks, about, as well. everybody talks about fit. And I keep telling people this. Nobody said any, Nick Saban was from up north, just like Brian Kelly. He, he kind of adapted pretty well to right. Baton Rouge and the south and the state of the way. So that means absolutely nothing. Um, players. I, 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 did you hear what Jack Besh had to say? What, what What's going on with him? So Jack is, is in a good place. You know, he, he seems very confident, very eager to get on the field in, in the Superdome in about six weeks. Uh, he, he told us that he's going to be playing exclusively wide receiver this year, okay. uh, which is, which is something that he is very much looking forward to. I bet. Um, 
And he he touched on the Superdome again because, you know, last time he was in that building, he won a state championship with St. Thomas More. Right. So he's he's itching to get back into the building that has uh, treated him pretty well throughout his career. Did these players talk about the difference between the former staff and how things are being run with this current staff? Not particularly, okay. uh, but but the, but the message that I've heard a lot, especially from Jack, they love Brian Kelly. They they love the work that Brian has done ever since he stepped foot in Baton Rouge, and uh, they they just they love the fit and they love the attitude and the philosophy that he's brought to the locker room. Uh, Kelly said they're going to be in the best shape of their lives. He says he's really pleased with their fitness numbers. They're still working out. I think summer program ends in, in a couple of days, uh, including today. So they'll fly back and do their workout and get going. But uh, what else? What, uh, what other takeaways did you have? You know, a lot of people, I, I feel like a lot of people have question marks in, in terms of B.J. Ojolari. Okay. And I, I just – I think he's going to be – he's probably going to be the best player on this defense this year, Jordy, in, in, in my honest opinion. I mean, just the way that he's able to fly to the football and then you bring in a young man like Mike Jones Jr. who spent time at Clemson before coming to LSU last year. He's well-developed coming into a new system. So I, I really like the fact that both Mike Jones and B.J. Ojolari – are, are confident despite the fact that, that some people think that the jury's still out on both of them. No, Jalara's going to be just fine. Um, that, that's your pass rusher. He's going to be just fine. Um, I, what we learned about the quarterback situation, one, don't turn the ball over, two, get the ball to your playmakers, and three, every once in a while you got to make a play as well. So what, what was your take about his – a synopsis about the quarterbacks and they, they try to explain what you know when they got there for spring practice and, and and what they plan on doing once fall camp begins with the quarterback room so you know really it, it's coming down to Jaden Daniels and, and how he's gonna fit because you know Brian Kelly is not a stranger to a two-quarterback system and I know that he has said that he doesn't want to do that. I don't think that a fan perspective would want him to do that either. But with Jaden Daniels, Miles Brennan, and Garrett Nussmeyer, it's definitely a possibility. Okay. Uh, it's not one that I would rule out. Brian Kelly talked a lot about his quarterbacks and the strengths that each one of them have. And, you know, you touched on it with the playmakers. The, the list of playmakers that LSU has is – a mile long. Right. And John Emery, Noah Kane, you go out to the wide receivers, Jack Desch, Malik Neighbors, Kyron Lacey, Kayshawn Butte. I mean, I, yeah. I could talk for hours on those guys. Mm -hmm. So whoever ends up being the quarterback, from my perspective, I, I still don't have an answer to that. But whoever it ends up being, I, I think they're going to be just fine in a highly powerful offensive system. Greg Sankey always starts things off. He talked about we're fine where we are right now. In other words, the chessboard now, Big Ten, it's back. It's your turn again. We're not going to do anything. We're not going to solicit anybody. But you know those things are being discussed behind closed doors. But um, name, image, and likeness. It seems to me everybody's talking about running that thing like you do a professional franchise, and that means put a salary cap on it. Right. Yeah, you know, they're, they're going to have to do something along those lines because if you let them, if you let them run amok and just 
you know, put an unlimited amount of money in their pockets, that that's not good for the game. Okay. Uh, so they're definitely going to have to find some way to regulate NIL. Now, I've been an advocate for NIL. I think I've always thought that these players deserve to get paid when, when their name and, and their face is used, especially, you know, prime example was the EA Sports college football right. video games. I've always thought those players should be paid for that. So I'm not right. against NIL, but like, like you said, they're going to have to find a way to, to regulate it down the line. I'm with you. All right, so you're around there. You're seeing some pretty big wigs, uh, whether they're former players or not. Who's, uh, who's the biggest star you've seen so far? Uh, biggest star I've seen so far. I just sat down with uh, with former Saints legend Roman Harper for a uh, for a one on one interview. There you uh, go. Tim Tebow's here. Paul Feinbaum's here. <laughs> They're all there, here. there's some there's some big names <laughs> in the world of uh, SEC college football. So it's been a lot of fun. All right, here's your chance to toot your horn for your uh, Miguez and Mesh at four o'clock when they when they finish with this show. Tell them why they need to keep it here because what do you have coming up we're going to recap lsu and what brian kelly had to say today we're also going to bring you some insight into old miss and missouri and we have interviews and clips from the lsu players mike jones jr bj ojalari and jack besh so it's okay. definitely a uh, a crazy Good. monday Good. and it's one you don't want to miss there you go. Well done. We'll uh, we'll talk to you. Um, we'll communicate. And we'll see what time works best for you tomorrow. How about that? Absolutely, Jordy. Appreciate the time as always. You're looking sharp, man. Thank you. All right, Matt McGinnis live from Atlanta. Here's your outro. Here we go. That was the game's SEC Media Days report, presented by Bordelon Furniture. Right, we are back 46 minutes after I make that yeah, 46 minutes after the hour. Hope you're having a great day on this Monday, July 18th, the year 2022. Brian Kelly first. Lane Kiffin uh second. Eli Drinkwitz will close things out on day number one, the head coach at Missouri. Kiffin, Kiffin's funny. He's you may not like him, you may not like, like his approach or anything like he did get out of Ole Miss to 10 wins. Um, he did win the egg bowl for the second year in a row. Of course, that's Ole Miss versus Mississippi State. Um, and he always does his part with the fans. In fact, today he signed a mustard bottle. Um, and it came from an LSU fan. Who certainly knows his college pop culture. It was a Saturday night in Neyland Stadium, October 16th to be exact. Kiffin and the Ole Miss Rebels uh, came a calling on the Tennessee Volunteers. The game was stopped for 20 minutes as fans littered the field with trash after a replay confirmed a controversial play on the field. And Ole Miss survived a last gasp effort, effort from the Vols to get a 31-26 win in Knoxville. Golf balls uh, were thrown among the items, as was a bottle of mustard so the golf ball uh, was saved by kiffin he used that to throw out the ceremonial first pitch when the vials traveled to oxford for a three-game baseball series at the time number one tennessee swept the rebels uh but today kiffin said he had a plan he said i'd like to say on the golf ball which goes back to the first pitch i threw out for the tennessee game we got swept by tennessee we didn't play well everybody thought it was my fault but i had a plan you see i wanted our guys to stay humble and not play very well and and then we'd go win the national championship. So I'd like to say that was the plan. There you go. So um, 
golf balls and uh, mustard bottles. Uh, Lane Kiffin seeing it all. And, and he's he's really kind of, um, you know, he, they talked about USC and UCLA going over to the to the Big Ten. And he, he, he talked about his time when he was at USC. So, you know, the travel was really not it was nothing. Uh, our biggest trip that we looked for was when we had to go play Notre Dame and we'd go two days ahead of time because it was a long trip. Well, now that's going to be back and forth and long, long, long for everybody. I don't know how I don't know how they're going to make it work other than the money in the Big Ten is so good. Um, but the kids are the ones that are going to suffer from that travel will wear you out. And it's not so much football because football just plays one game a week. But it's when you play basketball and when you play soccer and all these other uh, baseball, all these other sports, man, that that travel going to wear you out, wear you out, to say the very, very least. Um, but anyway, uh, that's that's for them uh, to worry about and to handle and um, not. uh uh, not us, right? Um, Lane Kiffin also going against the grain, didn't wear a tie. He said, why do we have to, why do you have to wear a tie? You know, he says, we don't, we don't go outside the box. We create a new box. That's what they do. Um, and all the coaches wearing tennis shoes up there, that's, it's all about comfort now, right? It's all about comfort. Um, and, you know, who's got the better shoe deal and all that kind of stuff just the way it goes it's it's a new world um out there and these coaches are making a ton of money and the pressure is significant to say the very very least uh but they're doing what they have to do so i thought again in summation i thought brian kelly was was terrific uh, i think he he won the day as far as changing the persona of LSU. It's no more the, the buffoon. It's no more the cartoon character, the guy that rips off his shirt and headbutts people and drinks 15 cans of, of Red Bull a day. It, it's not that. It's more about the discipline. It's all about attention to detail. Everything, every day matters. He sounds just like he and Nick Saban have talked for years. And what I do believe more so than anything is I think that the other coaches in the league respect Brian Kelly and the way he goes about his business. And I promise you that was not the case before. It just wasn't. And for me personally, being on the sidelines all those years, I would look and being privy to things that not many are, I would go, how in the world? Are we winning? Other than the fact we've got great talent that just overcomes things because weren't always the most prepared, weren't always the most informed, certainly weren't always the most disciplined. And that goes from the head all the way down. Um, but I just get that feeling now that this is more of a professional type of environment than it is a college environment. And by that, I mean discipline, dedication, understanding your job, knowing what you have to do, disciplined. And I think the whole league sees that now, and that is a very positive mark 
for Brian Kelly, for LSU, and for LSU fans. All right, we'll take our final time out of our number one. Uh, we'll set the stage for our number two. This is the Jordy Helper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We're your home for the LSU Tigers. And for this week, Southeastern Conference Media Days in Atlanta. Jordy Holberg was draining three-pointers with ease way before Steph Curry came on the scene or was even born. Now, back to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. As we wrap up our number one Major League Baseball All-Star Home Run Derby bracket, number one seed Kyle Schwarber versus eight-seeded Albert Pujols. Schwarber, fourth-seeded Juan Soto versus Jose Ramirez. Soto, six-seeded Julio Rodriguez versus third-seeded Corey Sager. Sager, seventh-seeded Ronald Acuna Jr. versus number two-seed Pete Alonzo. Take Pete Alonzo to win from that, then we'll go on from there. Coming up, our number two, I believe we'll hear a little bit from Brian Kelly. We'll see about that. Uh, Blake Rafino from the Are You Serious podcast will join us, and we'll just kind of go around and around and around and see where we where it takes us on a uh, on a Monday. No baseball. But the SEC Media Days take center stage, and therefore the game is there. And we're thrilled to be there. We're brought to you by ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlet, 60 of them in southern and central Louisiana. Boy, if you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all with their beautiful stores filled with Louisiana products, their spacious and clean restrooms, and food. Always fresh, always hot, always available at ShopRite Tobacco Plus discount outlets. Uh, James Mesh back in the master control suite. Um, spinning all the tunes and making everything work efficiently. So we'll be back. Hour number two, the Jordy Helper Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We're your home for the LSU Tigers, the Houston Astros, and this week, SEC Media Days in Southwest Louisiana. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. It's our number two of two, and away we go on this Monday, July 18th, the year 2022, where in this part of the world, the Southeastern Conference Media Days take center stage. It began today at the College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta, Georgia. Greg Sankey was first up to the podium, and he gave his uh, State of the Union address, um, talking about we are a super conference. I'm fine where we are right now with the where we uh, with the addition of Oklahoma and Texas, which is a better move for our conference than the USC and UCLA to the Big Ten. Um, we need to. 
the NIL cannot continue on the course that it is. There's got to be some structure. We got to have a salary cap to that. Um, and he feels good about where things are in the league. My main man, James Mesh, back in the master control suite in the game studios. He's getting ready after this show. He'll be with uh, Miguez for Miguez and Mesh. And Matt, uh, we were thankful to have him on live from uh, the College Football Hall of Fame. He and uh, RP3, Raymond Parse III, are in Atlanta to cover um, the uh, Southeastern Conference Media Days, brought to you by Bordelon Furniture. We're appreciative of this them been there done that way so many times time to let the young guys go and do all that stuff right let them go do all that stuff but um shout out to uh hannah uh the morning producer um she's got five names which i didn't know but now that i look at it hannah grace o adams uh, lever she got five names okay well i did not know that but now i do anyway she hustled and got some sound bites put together for so between hannah my great producer james mesh uh you're about to listen to some of the more important things that brian kelly had to say including cut number two his opening remarks to lsu and the sec for me, all of my attention is focused on our LSU football team. It's been quite an interesting six, seven months as I uh, embarked on this journey, which has been exciting for me. It started with, you know, the right time at the right place. The timing was right for me. place was perfect. It had an incredible president, President Tate, an athletic director that I had history with, with uh, Scott Woodward, a rich history and tradition with LSU football. And so for me, it was then taking on that great opportunity in front of me to be part of restoring championship quality football to LSU. Also, the chance to be part of this incredible conference, the SEC. Yeah, where it does mean more. It really does. Um, of course, NIL and the collective is always going to be brought up to each and every coach. And someone brought up, well, how do you how do you handle it when LSU doesn't have as much as some of the other schools have? And uh, here's what Brian Kelly said about the collective. First of all, I don't know that we don't have as many funds. Nobody has given me, you know, any kind of documentation that we're behind. I feel very comfortable quite honestly, as I stand here, you know, talking to you that, you know, what we're doing relative to NIL is as competitive uh, as anybody else. I don't feel like we're being outbid uh, by anybody. I don't think that's the place of NIL anyway. So if we were being outbid, then we're going to be outbid if we have $50 million in our collective. I don't feel hamstrung by that. I want to continue to educate uh, with NIL. I want to be able to use the resources wisely to help promote name, image, and likeness and, and, and have that available uh, for our student-athletes when, when, when the time comes. It's like it's like makes sense makes sense um you know when you're at notre dame you're an independent you've got your rivalry games you play the air force you play the naval academy you play usc all those things uh so you basically know but uh who you're going to play when you're going to play them and all that kind of stuff but brian kelly opened up about the challenges when it comes to playing in the sec and coaching lsu the challenges of being in the greatest conference in college football, as well as being at LSU, is um, 
I've been asked many times why, and I can tell you that you know certainly that shared vision of our administration, the great opportunity to restore championship-level football to LSU, and then the SEC itself, and being part of this this great conference. And then he talked about how, you know what, I, I I love where I am. I love Baton Rouge. I love I love this community. He said they they love football. They love family and they love food and his two favorite dishes so far crawfish etouffee and some char grilled oysters you said those char grilled oysters will get your cholesterol up you're right about that brian but you look good you look like you didn't put on too many lbs so uh you keep doing what you're doing and you're gonna be okay someone uh, very early in his conversation in the question and answer segment uh, asked him to kind of compare uh when he first got to no tree Dame and the quarterback room there and now coming to LSU and the quarterback room in Tigertown. And here's what Brian Kelly had to say. Well, now that you put it that way, I hope not. You know, certainly we have four quarterbacks um, and the spring really was for us to lay down our offense. We weren't really going to gear it towards any particular skill set. So I, I think I feel much better about the depth in the quarterback situation. Dane was really the only quarterback that had any experience. We, we were young and inexperienced at that position. I think the depth at the quarterback position is much de- much different. Jaden and, and uh, certainly Miles bring us obviously starting experience. Uh, Garrett obviously for me, is, a, is an exciting quarterback. Walker's a, a true freshman, but there's, there's great depth there. The offensive line is, is clearly an area that, that we need to um, keep our eye on, but I think we've, we've added you know, some, some really good transfers, uh, and we think we've, we've got some young men that have developed. I would say that right now I stand in front of you that there are similar situations. Uh, I like the depth and the opportunity to... Uh, be much better than than 2010. There you go. Um, really likes his offensive line. Feels like um, they've done a lot of the work that needs to be done. Still, you know, um, it'll be determined when you put the pads on. And and, and that was one of the things that uh, the players were talking about is. Um, Brian Kelly had to actually slow them down. They were hitting and hitting too hard. Instead of thudding, they were taking people down. He got, oh, wait, slow down. And, and for that reason, the players feel fresher than they ever had. And that was some of the things that uh, were a complaint early on in the Nick Saban career and certainly throughout Les Miles' tenure uh, and to an extent Ed Orgeron until the very end when he, um, you know, how he got the job, Ed, was being – you know, not not so physical with the players. Again, let them get their legs right. Let them be fresh for when it counts, and that's game time. Les Miles wore t- players out, wore them into the ground. Nick did that early on, but he was trying to set a culture, and then he started to ease off after you know learning lessons and and learning from them. Um, so uh, Brian Kelly was asked the question of. All these players, new coaches, and you know, play, players getting to know the coaches, coaching net, getting to know the players. How do you build trust between the players and with the players to the coaches? Here's what he said. Well, I think trust is a two-way street. You know, you know, they're earning my trust too. You know, I think you know it works both ways. I, first of all, trust is about saying something and and backing it up. 
uh, and and then you know I think continuing uh, that relationship you know we're we're working on that relationship every day through deeds um, through things that we put in front of them uh, and say that we're going to do for them and, and backing it up and then asking them to do some things for us and, and, and seeing that they back it up. I think in all three of those cases, we, we're building trust. As you know, Keishon was just awarded number seven, which we consider, you know, a, a program number that, that highlights the very best player, in particular from the state of Louisiana. And, and that has to happen when when trust has been formed. Miles has been one of our best leaders in our program. John Emery's done an incredible job of bringing himself back into our program. So I think you brought up three guys that have earned a lot of trust and, and we're trusting them. And they've got to earn my trust as well. I, I love that. I love that very much. So we'll uh, hear much, much more about this throughout the course of the day uh, and certainly tomorrow as well as SEC Media Days are underway. Eli Drinkwitz of Missouri is at the uh, podium as we speak. So Lane Kiffin had his time. Brian Kelly had his time. And the best thing for Brian Kelly and LSU, they're done. And they're flying back. They're getting rid of all, you know, doing all their media responsibilities. It's a, you know, he's speaks in front of the print media and then he goes to the television media then he does the radio media and then he does the national um for cbs for espn all that so it's a busy it's a busy day and he gets asked the same questions and he does all this and um but it's a necessary evil um but i thought with the little bit that i actually got to see and i watched the sec network uh truth be told uh to see what he had to say and I thought it was uh, terrific. I didn't like the fact that the SEC network continues to troll him over his southern accent. Come on, guys. And dancing with a player in the locker room. Really? You got nothing better to do than to continue to harp on that? My goodness gracious sakes alive. The other thing he mentioned was um, Florida State, the opener. Um. I did not realize that Notre Dame and Florida State had played like the last three years. So Brian Kelly has a great scouting report, not only one on what Coach Norvell likes to do, but the players that Florida State has. So advantage, LSU. Florida State hadn't played LSU, uh, golly, since Bobby Bowden and they threw the oranges on the field or something. I, I, I don't remember the last time those two teams played, but certainly advantage Brian Kelly and LSU. So we'll have much, much more throughout the course of the week. Um from SEC Media Days at the Hall of Fame in Atlanta, Georgia. Meanwhile, after this timeout, we'll delve into the Major League Baseball draft and how it's affecting LSU. That story and much, much more as we return here on the Jordy Helpert Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We're your home for the LSU Tigers, the Houston Astros, and this week for SEC Media Days in Atlanta. Time to open up the vault for the games this day in sports history. July 18, 1994. The Houston Astros tie the National League comeback record with a 15-12 victory over the St. Louis Cardinals. The Astros trailed 10-0. 
That was this day in sports history. We now return to the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 18 minutes after the hour, yours truly here, Studio 1A, my main man James Mesh back in the uh, master control suite in the game studios. While SEC Media Days, front row center stage, Jake Johnson is anxiously watching uh, the MLB network um, because it's the Major League Baseball draft. Terrible time for it. Should be way earlier. Way, I mean, in June. Soon as that, soon as the College World Series is over, they should have the draft. Boom, period. But I know MLB won't do that. They like to do it during the All-Star break. Understood. Okay, so congrats go out to LSU's Jacob Berry and Cade Doty for being selected during day one of the Major League Baseball draft. Berry picked by the Miami Marlins as the sixth overall pick, and he was the first college player selected he became the 20th first round selection in lsu baseball history and the first since alex lang in 2017 it's nice to be jacob barry slot value six million thirty four thousand three hundred dollars according to mlb.com as for Doty, he was drafted in the second round by the Toronto Blue Jays, the 78th overall pick. His slot value, <laughs> nothing to sneeze about, $833,200. So congratulations to Jacob Berry and Cade Doty. That was a given. Now, and everybody was on the edge of their seats. What's happening to all of our baseball signees at LSU? Well, five names were called last night. Outfielder Justin Crawford went round one, 17th overall to the Phillies. Slot value nearly $3.8 million. Bye-bye. Good luck to you, Justin. Have a great career. Um, the 24th pick overall in the first round, Mickey Romero, shortstop to the Boston Red Sox. Slot value nearly just under $3 million. Mickey, we'd love to have had you, but good luck with your career. Um, round two, 39th overall pick, left-handed pitcher Robbie Snelling to the San Diego Padres. His slot value, just over $2 million. Um, kind of a surprise, round two, 63rd overall pick, Jacob Mizierowski, a right-handed pitcher, went to the Milwaukee Brewers with a slot value of $1.1 million. And in the th- also in the second round, 77th overall, Tucker Toman, a third baseman with a slot value of $846,000. So um, nothing surprising, maybe with the exception of Mizierowski, but no real surprises with uh, Crawford, Romero, Snelling, and Toman. That was anticipated. So... Um, a half a dozen highly projected LSU signees went undrafted through the first two rounds. So um, I haven't taken a look to see where things are, but uh, Jaden Newt, right-headed pitcher, Chase Shores, another righty, uh, Gavin Guidry, 
from here in Louisiana, a shortstop, Jared Jones and Brady Neal, both catchers, and uh, Michael Kennedy, left-handed pitcher, uh, are still out there, or were, as we are talking you know, before the show started. Rounds 3 through 10 uh, begin uh, began today at 1 o'clock. So uh, we'll see if we can get an update on some of that as to uh, what is happening on the baseball front. So um, Eric Reselman was drafted by the Yankees. So good for him. That That's terrific. Um, and other than that, I don't know yet. But if we if I find out, we'll let you know. But the rather the major league uh, tracker is on. I'm happy for Eric Reiselman, the 160th pick in the fifth round uh, for for LSU. So let's see. Um, LSU baseball transfer portal pickup, right-handed pitcher Dylan to break. Uh, we'll see if he signs. He um, was taken in the eighth round by the New York Mets. Uh, so a lot of question marks, and this is what makes things so difficult for college baseball coaches you just don't know what you're going to get you got to go recruit like crazy um and hope against hope that uh you get some of them you keep some of them for instance lsu commit chase shores um says on instagram that he's going to school he's going to lsu a uh, big arm from Texas, prep uh, high schooler uh, with a lot of up- upside. He's not going in the draft. He's coming to LSU. So uh, you, there you go. We, we shall see. We shall see. Still lots of players out there, but you got to feel better um, about how things are and how what an advantage it is now with the way that college baseball is and the NIL, that's how it can work in your favor uh, rather than taking those bus rides in, in a or double a, whatever it may be, get to play college baseball, get to improve your skill set with really good coaches, play against really good competition. And you get your chance to get in the big leagues and you get an education to boot. So there's a lot of positives working. Now, if we can just get more scholarship money, but I guess that's what NIL is, right? Um, more scholarship money for, for baseball just seems like a no brainer, like a no brainer. Um, we're brought to you by ShopRite Tobacco Plus discount outlets. There are 60 of them in southern and central Louisiana uh, with a simple mission statement, right? They just want you to come in the store. And once you come in there and you see all the, the many, many products that they have and the prices at which you can get them, you're going to leave with a smile on your face and then mission accomplished. So whether your needs are fresh food, fuel, top shelf wines or spirits or just a quick pit stop, ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets looks forward to serving you. They've got uh, spacious stores that are filled with Louisiana products, modern restrooms that are clean and comfortable, and delicious food that's always fresh and always fast. Now, once you go in, you're going to see signs that says Buku Rewards Members. Well, if you haven't become one, it's simple. Just go in, sign up. It's free. And with that, you're going to get awesome deals available at discounts each and every day, each and every day. Then 
you're also going to get savings at the gas pump. And who doesn't want that? All right. Who doesn't want that? Um, a fuel rewards program where you earn a significant fuel fill up discount just through your store purchases. And then to top that, how about the Gator gas program where you can earn additional cents off per gallon on every fuel purchase. It just means more at ShopRite Tobacco Plus discount outlets, just like it does in the SEC. Man, if you can't shop right at ShopRite, dude, you just can't shop right at all. We'll take uh, a quick time out here. When we come back, Blake Rafino from the Are You Serious podcast will join us. We'll get his thoughts on the coach that said, I love this place. They love football. They love family. And they love food. Maybe I should have been in the South a long time ago. We hope you're here a long time because winning is what it's all about. If you win, they'll love you. And Brian Kelly knows that as well as anybody. All right. This is the Jordy Helford Show. We are on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We're your home for the Houston Astros who, man, how about those uh, – Seattle Mariners, 14 straight wins. The Astros heading to the All-Star break, up nine games over a team that's won 14 straight. Wow. So we're your home for the Houston Astros. We're your home for the LSU Tigers. And for this week, we're your home for the SEC Media Days at the Hall of Fame in Atlanta, Georgia. We'll be right back. He's been a star on the hardwood and in the broadcast chair. So what's the secret to the Blonde Bomber's success? Easy. Taking time to work on his tan. You look marvelous. Back to more of the tanned and talented Jordy Holtberg on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're back 31 minutes after the hour. Let's get me in my good buddy here, who uh, is the host of the Are You Serious podcast uh, for his uh, reaction to Brian Kelly, SEC Media Days, and some of the insane questions that are asked coaches throughout the course of a day. It's just mind boggling to me. Uh, Blake Rafino, kind enough to join us. Blake, what's happening, buddy? How are you? What's going on, Jordy? Doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing fine. Thank you. Um, some questions are crazy, but um, overall, I'm, I'm sure you watched or listened or uh, took notes, whatever. Your thoughts on how Brian Kelly um, handled himself today? Like a CEO, you know, yep. just like I, I thought he would. I mean, there was nothing um, out of the ordinary. I, I thought that you know, when asked difficult and tough questions, um, he answered them professionally, even though ESPN and the SEC Network, um, in my opinion, made a fool of himself by, by trolling him, um, by calling, you know, by calling him certain things. Yeah. But he handled it well. I, I thought the biggest thing, Jordy, out today, um, really and truthfully, was when he was asked a question about how far behind LSU was in NIL. And, he, and Ryan Kelly just said, <laughs> said who? You know, we have a plan. We're we're going after that plan. We're going to execute that plan. Jordan, yeah. you don't say you don't say something like that if if you don't have a lot of confidence about what's going on with your program. And I think when you tell very rich people that they're broke and they don't have money, they start getting mad. Jordan, there's a reason that 
over the last 14 days, LSU's gotten 12 commitments in football. Mm-hmm. 14 days ago, John Bell Edwards, or actually 16 days ago, John Bell Edwards, the governor of the state, signed a new NIL bill into law. Jordy, do you find that to be coincidental? <laughs> no, I find it uh, all in line, okay, then. all in a straight line. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, yeah, he says, I, I don't feel strapped by that. Um, I, I'm very happy with the way we're doing things and and how we're going about our business. Again, not to be repetitive, but again, he he gives me the same confidence that I had when Nick Saban was here. I just I just feel so much better about this program, where it is today and where it can be in the days, months and years ahead um, than I've felt in a long, long time yeah me too i mean jordy you you even if you don't know the plan right like you know that there is one right Right. like you know that from central michigan to cincinnati to notre dame to lsu he doesn't have to deviate off of his plan too much because if he does then he's going against a winning formula and when we when fans questioned orgeron I think it was rightfully to to question him, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because Jordy, we we got we got, you know, and, and the, the biggest thing that I ripped on Orzron, and he he said <laughs> he said after the 2019 uh, national championship game when they asked him about the binder that it was all fictitious. Jordy, that he said his plan was in a binder. Yeah, and Brian <laughs> Kelly is completely opposite of that. He doesn't need a now. Does Brian Kelly probably have a binder? Sure. Sure. Right? Like, does he have a, a plan on how things go down? Absolutely. But he's not going to preach to you about my binder. And yeah. so, I, 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 Jordy, uh, you know, and me and you do this every, five days a week, right? And really, yep. truthfully, Jordy, let's call it what it is. We do it seven days a week because you got to keep up with everything. That's right. right. I That's feel right. I don't have to. I, at least it's just my my opinion. I don't have to worry about what's going on at football ops now than I did 10 months ago, a year ago. Mm-hmm. Because, Jordy, you and I both know that we've been on the, on, the tail, on the other end of a phone call from somebody in that building who was, who was just talking all kinds of craziness. Mm-hmm. And so now it, it, it just comes to a point where I'm, I'm, I'm kind of just relieved. And I think the fans should be relieved. That's how I feel about it, and I hope the fans do, too. Again, I I, I agree with you 1,000%. I put it this way. I think that Brian Kelly not only um, solidified the LSU nation as to, hey, this guy, this guy's business. He's a CEO. He's running this like an NFL franchise. But I think it also changed the perception nationally because – Let's face it, LSU hasn't had the greatest reputation since Miles and Orgeron. And I'm not downing that. Look, they both won national championships. Miraculously done. That's fantastic. But when you go by and you talk to other people, hey, what do you think of LSU? Oh, my God. What, who's that grass-eating guy? And why does he wear his hat like that? And who, what, what is he? And then the, the guy, all he does is talk about drinking Red Bull and ripping his shirts. And I mean, it's just, <laughs> it, it wasn't right. the best perception, right? That's, that's all out the window now. The perception is, look, 
LSU's always had great talent. Oh, my God. Now they got a coach that can harness that and keep it under control. Oh, my God. Look out. Here comes LSU again. Right. I mean, look, and it's funny because you listen to SEC media days, right? And even though some are are trolling him, the guys that know football the best aren't really doing that, right? Like, they're like, hey, man. You better be careful because, Jory, the truth is, in less than six months, Brian Kelly has gotten the highest-rated wide receiver committed. Now, obviously, we know things can happen in recruiting, okay? But he's got the highest-rated recruit on the perimeter that he's ever had in his entire career in Jalen Brown. Okay, I think that we're seeing a situation where as much as LSU needed Brian Kelly, as much as he might not ever say it, Brian Kelly needed LSU, and I, I think, think it's a good right. mixture. You know, Jordy, he talked about, I'll never forget this, is, you know, I'll never forget this small little statement. When he was asked about um, Notre Dame, and he talked about, look, the restrictions that were placed on me this past year are, are, are something that we can't do in the, in the future. Well, well, now, you know, he doesn't have those restrictions, meaning, Jordy, if, if – Walker Howard wants to man to dance. Jordy, if he's going to commit to me, tell me how, where and when and how I need a two-step, right. and I'm going to do it too. Right. I, I mean, it's just, it gets to a point where, I, I again, I, his philosophy, Jordy, offensively, you know, we have, a, we have a misconception about him. I ask every fan listening to right now, because, Jordy, I know that, you know, there's a lot of people that are tuning in to right now. Please listen to this. Go watch the Notre Dame Stanford game from a season ago and tell me Brian Kelly's a pro style pro style coach. No, he ain't. Jordan, they threw the ball, I think, twenty seven times in the first half. Twenty seven. The yeah. reason when we saw them in the playoffs is why they didn't open it up as much is because Jordy, they did not have the personnel on the outside that can win one on one matchups like uh, uh like Jamar Chase or Kayshawn Boutique right. to where they had to wear the game down, yeah. right? And, and look, in 2020, the best team that that Alabama faced, it was Notre Dame. It sure because was. The next, the two weeks would go by, and they would blow out Ohio State, and Nick Saban said the best thing we played all season was Notre Dame. Yep. Now what happens yep. when he gets those pieces? That's the ultimate question. I'm with you 100%. Um, Blake Rafino, the Are You Serious podcast. He said, one, quarterback, don't turn the ball. Protect the football. Two, get the ball to your playmakers. And he effused praise on Kayshawn Butte. Um, and three, every once in a while, you got to make a play. You got to know how to move that Mike linebacker. You got to be smart on the field and make a play. Um, he pulls no punches. I mean, it makes all sense to me. Jordy, you kind of broke up, broke up there for a second. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Oh, I'm so, I was talking about what he talked about when he what he's looking for in a starting quarterback: protect the football, get the ball oh. to your playmakers, and three. Um, right. Every once in a while, you're going to have to make a play. Makes sense to me. <laughs> I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave that alone, Jordy. I'm not going to put this on your show because I don't want people throwing pitchforks and flares at us and stuff. You know, um, doesn't sound like one of the quarterbacks. What is he, Jordy, when he said that, I, now right, wrong, or indifferent, the first question I had was, well, what does he mean by making plays? Obviously, he's talking about with your feet. I think he's talking about the Garrett Nussmeyers, the Jane, Dan, uh, Jane Daniels, 
the Walker Howards. I, you know, I, again, not saying Miles is on the outside looking in, but Jordy, if that's what they're wanting to do, then there is an odd man out here. Now, does that mean Miles can't come in and do great things? Absolutely not. I'm not saying that at all. But Jordy, that's the third time he's made that comment. Yep. So how yep. many times yep. is he going to? How many times is he going to say it before we start listening <laughs> to what he's saying? Right? Like one time, okay, tongue in cheek. Second time, okay, maybe he was just rambling. Thirty, Jordy, a third time, it's kind of like, man, <laughs> do we have Gotta a two quarterback race here or, do, or three? Could you possibly see? Let's say Jaden Daniels does not win the starting job. Let's just hypothetical. Mm-hmm. Could you see a scenario similar to what Sean Payton did with the Saints? You have Drew Brees, and then every once in a while you sneak a Taysom Mill in there and put him in the shotgun and let him Absolutely. do some things. Which is, I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility. No, it's not out of the realm of possibility at all. Um, you know, not, I mean, at all. Uh, Jordan, I, I still think he's going to play, uh, uh, I'd say, significant role, but what does significant role mean to me? Jordan, a significant role to me is if he's in a package on the goal line, that's, his, that's significant to me because scoring, scoring touchdowns is very significant in this league. So if he's, if he's, if he's in there, that's very significant snaps. So I still think they'll have packages for him. Jordan, again, he ran 21.8 miles per hour. Let's just be precise here. <laughs> so 22 miles an hour was what he ran in practice. That's, that's, that's elite quick. speed. Yeah. Not good that's speed, that's quick. elite speed. Yeah, that's pretty quick. Blake Rafino of the Are You Serious podcast. He also was asked about the offensive line a little bit. He he seems not to be too worried about it. He seems kind of pleased with where that line is. Granted, there's some work to do, but um, – I think I think he's kind of happy with where, what they look like right now. Yeah, you know, Jordy, this whole weekend, and this is when I really start doing it, is SEC media days. I start on Sunday. I pick a team. I, I, I don't watch the full games. I just watch a lot of the highlights, like the 20, 25-minute clips. I always start out with LSU. Jordy, they got so many – they had so many good appearances on the offensive line a season ago. I, I, I think scheme had a lot to do with it. You know, Jordy, last night, I think it was about 10 o'clock, and I popped in the Alabama film. Everybody talks about Austin Deculus. Well, you better go pop that film back. And I I get Deculus isn't here. But, Jordy, they got pieces. And he didn't give up a sack to Will uh, Will Anderson, probably the best player in the country. Mm -hmm. You know who else didn't give up a sack in that game? Was a guy by the name of Marlon Martinez when he was coming in and out. He was Mm -hmm. also against a guy and would face Will Anderson three times on passing situations and wouldn't give up a sack. They have a lot of pieces. You know, I, I look at a guy like Marcus Dumaville who's changed his body. You know, we talked to B.J. Ojolari this past week, and he said, Cam, the trans- I'm quoting, the transformation of Cam Wire under Coach Flint, the new strength and conditioning coach, is night and day. Now you add, add in a potential freshman All-American Will Campbell, guys like uh, Emory Jones into this mix, and, and, and Jordy, I'm hearing Anthony Bradford's looking really good down about 25 pounds. So if that happens, again, they have some good pieces along this offensive line. The biggest being, in my opinion, Miles Frazier, who comes from FIU. Jordy, go back in that spring game. He was At times he was dominant. 
So, again, I, I think that they're going to want to try to run the football. It's going to be a staple of their offense. I'm really, really, really looking forward to that unit. I, yeah, I'm, I'm not concerned about them. What, what concerns me the most here again is because I don't know any of them. It's it's a it's a completely different defensive secondary for the most part. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I don't know what to expect. I don't know what to anticipate. I don't know how quickly uh, they understand Matt House's way of doing things. That to me is the biggest um, question mark of this ball club is the defensive secondary. Um, you know, Jordy, I agree with you, and I'm going to counteract that, though, and say this. You do have a lot of experience back there, though. Yes, right? you do. Like, meaning, I mean, look, you've got multiple five-year starters are going into their fourth or fifth year, okay? Um, with that also being said, you also do have uh, – he's going completely under the radar in seven banks from Ohio State. Jordy, did you know that he was ranked? I think he was number seventeen on Mel Kiper and Tom McShay's big board. Seventeen. I know that. So Eli Ricks was number nineteen, by the way. So are you oh, really? replacing one corner with another corner that can go in the top twenty? Um, they have experience, but here's the thing, and I've I've asked and asked, Jordy, they're going to go to more zone coverage, which can help. Um, from an, a group that hasn't played a lot together, because you know, on a cover, on a call, what coverage and where you're supposed to be. Man to man coverage, you have to have a lot of communication, and people don't fully realize that. It's actually more because, hey, I got this guy, you got that guy. It's more of a communication versus you having a zone, right? Like if you're in cover three, the two outside guys are just going to go deep on the outer third half. The middle guys will stay in their positions. It doesn't necessarily take a whole lot of communication. The problem is, is I think that they don't have a lot of communication together, which mm-hmm. we're going to have to see against Florida State. But, again, they have talent. You know, talking to Jerry Bernard Converse, Jordy, this will be the 47th consecutive start that he's made in college football. 47. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. I didn't realize that uh, Notre Dame and Florida State had played like the last three or four years. Brian Kelly yep. has a whole uh, – Back to the notebook, he, he kind of knows Florida State and Matt Norvell and uh, advantage LSU. Completely. Um, you know, and, and that last game went down to the wire. You know, it, it's the same for them, yep. though, Jordy, too, right? Like, they know what Brian Kelly's about. Um, so, I think I think that that game's going to be closer than the experts think, not necessarily on talent, but because both teams really know each other a lot. I got you. Blake Rafino, the Are You Serious podcast. Um, Some things never change. They troll Brian Kelly. And the first question asked to Lane Kiffin is about Nick Saban. I mean, why do they do these things? It's crazy. Well, Jory, I'll tell you what. um, The craziest question. The craziest question I heard was some guy asked Brian Kelly, did uh, losing to Alabama in the, twice in the college football playoff, is that what brought you to LSU? What? Right. And then they what? asked him about the family comment. You know, I mean, you, oh, let me tell you something. You could t- see this is the difference. You, you know, Jordan, you bring up an interesting point. I, I remember a year ago, somebody would have exploded. Yes. You no know, question. but somebody, somebody <laughs> was calm, cool, and collected and answered it perfectly. 
Correct. I'm with you. I'm with you 150. percent All right, Blake, we're female. I greatly appreciate it. So I, I, I thought yes, he, sir. I thought he handled himself well. I thought he looked good. I thought he was a true professional. Uh, and he said to the LSU fan base, he said, "Man, they love football. They love family, and they love food." Maybe I should have been in the South a long time ago. Man, does that resonate? <laughs> right. Absolutely. Well, look, Will Campbell and, and his daddy was the first one to agree. And what a better way to get yourself acclimated. Yeah, I'm with you. All right, Blake, we look forward to the next Are You Serious podcast. And uh, keep it coming, buddy. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Thank you for always having me, Jordy. We'll see you next week. Uh, you got it, my friend. We will um, take our final time out of the day. We'll come back. A uh, little birthday wish or two. Sum it all up. Day one, SEC Media Days. The game is there. Um, brought to you by Bordelon Furniture. And uh, we'll be back. The 1037 The Game, 1037thegame.com, 1041 and 1041thegame.com. We're your home for the LSU Tigers, the Houston Astros. Good luck to all those Astros in the All-Star Game. And for this week, SEC Media Days from the College Football Hall of Fame in Atlanta, Georgia. All right, we're back uh, at 54 minutes after the hour. This means nothing to me, but I know some of you, it will mean an awful lot. Some of the um, Saints Madden 23 wide receiver tight end ratings. Uh, Michael Thomas is a 90. Jarvis Landry's an 83. Deontay Hardy's a 77. Chris Olave's a 76. Marquez Callaway and Traquan Smith are 74s. Adam Troutman, Taysom Hill, 72. Jawan Johnson, 69. Kevin White, 67. Okay, whatever. I love Lane Kiffin is honest to a T. Um, talked, uh, was asked the question about us succeeding at name, image, and likeness. Quote, well, you have really good boosters. That's how you do well at it. I'll say what other people don't say. It's like a payroll in baseball. Get ready for the people that have the most money to get the best players. Boom. He's right. That's why they got to put a salary cap on it. They got to put a cap on it. They just do. All right. Uh, special thanks to Matt Miguez. He is uh, in Atlanta. He will be joining James Mesh for his show, Miguez and Mesh, here shortly uh, uh, after our show is over. And Blake Rafino from the Are You Serious podcast. Thank you, Hannah, for um, coming up with some sound real quick from uh, Brian Kelly. We greatly appreciate that. If today is your birthday, July 18th, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. You share your day with, I, I love his movies. Vin Diesel is 56 years old today, and he said farewell to golf broadcasting. He's heading to Montana. Happy 65th to, they call him Sir, Sir Nick Faldo. Pretty good golfer in his time, to say the very, very, very least. Come on back tomorrow, same time, 2 to 4. Uh, Bob Rose of the Saints News Network will join us, as he does each and every Tuesday. We'll have more reports from uh, Matt Miguez from the SEC Media Days and anything that's pertinent and topical uh, to go along with it. So, James Mesh, thank you so much. Greatly appreciate what you do. Thanks to all of you for listening in, whether it be radio, streaming, television, whatever it may be. We greatly appreciate it. And, of course, we couldn't do it without our partners. Um, 
You're our NIL. So we thank you. We couldn't get it done without you. So um, come on back tomorrow, same time, two to four, same great stations, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Until then, I am Jordy Hultberg. And as always, stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. Health is everything, right? It's everything. Let's be kind to one another. And uh, be happy. Life is short. Life is sweet. Enjoy. We'll talk to you tomorrow. So long, everybody.